there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Held. We are the perfect blend of Saints sincerity and stupidity. I want to point out that you asked Kevin a football question just now, and I feel like I was in Bizarro World where he, he knew the schedule. He had knowledge of the next two opponents. Kevin, he, did you watch the game? And now here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, everybody, welcome to Saints Happy Hour podcast. Well. I don't know quite where to begin uh, tonight's show. I'll tell you because where to begin. The Saints are 6-1, and one, baby. Well, I mean, I feel like they're 6-1 and one in their, in their, in their, so in their oats because whenever the Saints are doing things that media and other fan bases find offensive and classless, I know that we're getting close to peak Saints. Hashtag we make the rules, pal. And they were making fun of Tariq Cohen being a midget, which is just so saintsy. Uh, it was just fantastic. Um, but, Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Um, they're fucking – they went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. It's probably his last start because Drew Brees is a lunatic and he's going to play against Arizona. Um where? I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. But anyway, continue. Let's say that Reese, Reed is Reese his last who? start. On the I can't believe that shit just happened. Regular season <laughs> moments. Where does Teddy Bridgewater go in five and a rank? Remember when we were begging for three and three? <laughs> we, we. I mean, you could probably pull the audio where we were just talking about this. And we're, look, if he can just. You know, tread water. Go three and three during the six six game stretch. Just find a way to go five hundred. Maybe the division will be bad enough that Sean Payton will have Drew Brees back, and, and we can kind of get on a run there at the end with Brees back and and right the ship and win the division. But you know, the the opportunity to have a bye is gone. We're just gonna have to win the division and play in the division. You know, in the wild card round and the 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 opportunity to have home field advantage is gone. And here we are, five and zero. I mean, I, I love that, like, when, I, when I'm listening to uh, national media, mainstream media, whatever you want to call it, but I'm, I'm so happy that people are talking about us in the same sentence as the Niners and the Packers, as those are your, probably your top three teams in the NFC. And it's so crazy that we are in this position, considering where we thought we were going to be the second uh, Aaron Donald high five in week two. <laughs> well, um, and by the way, I, I want to, let, I mean, let's just talk about the Drew Brees thing for a second. I, 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 I see 
no reason for Drew to come back next week. Um, I feel like you gain very little by rushing it. You know, just sit out one more week. Teddy's got things under control. Sit out one more week. Disrespecting take the three, three and three Arizona Cardinals. That's what that is. Uh, and just come back after the bye and, and make sure you're healthy. I, that's my personal opinion. I, I do not want Drew Brees. I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't want Drew. I don't want Drew Brees to play next week. I, I, I want I fucking Teddy Bridgewater everyone, to play. I think that's how all Saints fans crazy do. Pills. I think there are very few Saints fans that, even the ones that hate Teddy, you know, that are, I think even if you hate Teddy and you're convinced that he's awful, that he should never play again after Breeze comes back, and there, I feel like there's still some fans out there that feel that way. I think they're at least being level-headed about the fact that, hey, there's a buy on the other side of this Cardinals game. Bridgewater can win this game. He's at home against the Cardinals. When I'm finished. Bridgewater can find a way to win this one. And, yeah, that's not to slight the Cardinals who have been on a little run here recently. But I don't think anyone wants Drew to rush this back and maybe cost himself some time when the Saints can just get through this game. It's You hope to win. It's kind of okay if you lose. And then you've got a bye week. That gives him three more weeks to recover. So... I, I I think most people want Breeze to sit. Well, here, Kenneth asked an important question. I just want to know if I can play the background music while Andrew uh, inducts Sean Payton, Bridgewater, and Gardner Johnson into the ring of into the ring of honor at halftime this week. Because Andrew, you said if the Saints got to fourteen, they should put Sean Payton well, in the ring well, of I honor. Well, I said two off. I said two offensive touchdowns. Um, but dude. They missed two field goals, and there was a bogus flag that called back a punt. But we're talking about how the Saints hung 50 on the Bears in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, and Teddy, Ted Ginn dropped a touchdown. I mean, if you'd have told me that Ted Ginn was going to drop a touchdown, the Bears were going to run back a kickoff for a touchdown, and the Saints would miss two field goals in the first half, I'd have been like, <laughs> they are fucked in Chicago. <laughs> They are they are going to be good and fucked, and they are going to lose this game like 20-6, to six, and we are going to be hella mad come Monday night. And, Dave, all, right, all of it if, happened, and I, it didn't now, matter wait, at all. On. What, if I, what if I told you the Bears ran seven times for 11 yards? So. <laughs> right. Seth Galina, friend of the program, he did a breakdown of Trubisky doing an RPO and just doing it so badly, and he just – it's comedy, and Twitter liked it so much they put it in their like featured thing, and he like it's got like three thousand likes or whatever. It's fantastic. Trubisky is a garbage truck, and oh, I can't believe people on ESPN are over. saying, "Well, Teddy Bridgewater, I wouldn't give him a long-term deal because he doesn't make anybody better." I'm like, the Bears would kill for Trubisky to be as good as Bridgewater. I mean, Ryan Pace is low-key terrible at his job. but <laughs> The Bears traded up to get Trubisky. They traded the up to me. It's like Deshaun Watson, nah. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick nah. We want Mitchell Trubisky, the guy who started four games at North Carolina. Yeah, and it's, and it's not like he was good in college. No, he was fucking terrible. And that's why I the, – the, but, but the Irish pamphleteer they, quarterback guy – They rushed guy, him back. They, they, should have char- they should have started Chase Dean. They re- I mean, you could tell he couldn't lift his left arm all the way up with that harness. And <laughs> when, when you're dropping back to throw, I mean, you still have to lift that left shoulder. Like, you could just tell it was affecting his accuracy. 
Chase Daniel, he's a legend at the bank, but no team ever trusts him to do anything. Uh, <laughs> it's true. So, Dave, uh, Mark Ingram, we all know, longtime listeners of the show, that Mark Ingram was your boo. Mark who? Mark Ingram. Who? <laughs> so do you have a new is, – is Tavius Murray your, your new boo now? Is it official? Who? Are you all dating? Who is this Mark have, Ingram have, you're, you're have, talking have, about? Have you ever heard of little Jordan Humphrey either? <laughs> hey, he got in there a little bit. I saw him doing somebody. Somebody added me on Twitter, uh, at me on Twitter, and uh, showed me his uh, blocking on Khalil Mack. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was Khalil it? Mack? Was he at the game yesterday? I didn't. I don't recall seeing him except <laughs> well, on those I, commercials. Little Jordan was, little, very, little Jordan was very fortunate not to get slagged for a hold on that play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, no, uh, yeah, no, let's give you just. Uh, you know, Latavius and and I, uh, we've we've started seeing each other on the side a little bit, and uh, things have gotten kind of serious. Uh, I like him. I think he likes me. And uh, we're just we're taking it slow. We're just we're, we're gonna see where it goes. You know, we don't want to rush things. We don't want to put a mark. We don't want to put a label on it. Yeah, yeah. Well. Look, I called it. We, we, I think we already talked about this on the post-game show, but I have been t- talking for weeks about how uh, I think Latavius Murray should have been given more of a chance and that he should have been used like Mark Ingram was getting used with Kamara. They could, they could definitely have a one-two punch with these two. And uh, hopefully now, after this game, uh, it's somebody, Peyton, Carmichael, whoever, somebody has seen the light and uh, we can get back to business. Well, the Andrew, let's be light. fair. Ralph, when the Saint, when yeah, the Saint... Ralph, Ralph, do you still have that sound clip of uh, Happy Gilmore where he says, "I was wrong." You were well, right. no, I was going to play this. This is this is what you thought of uh, Latavius Murray. That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. Yes, yes, it's horrible. This idea. We actually did a show. Uh, I was wrong. You're and, right. Yeah. <laughs> But Davis Murray, he's I'm good, not, man. I mean, he's. I'm not very good looking. You're very attractive. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are you ready to officially declare that you were completely wrong about Latavius Murray? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I mean, if it's just this one game and then it's back to what we've had all season. So, I mean, there, then, then, you, then there's the argument, like, is Sean Payton just not using him enough? Yes, yes, Or, yes. or <laughs> it, does, he, does he go back to sucking? Like it, it, so, you know, there's two ways to evaluate that. He never, I, he, he never sucked. He just was never used enough. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair because he had the big, he had the big play against the Texans. He did. Yeah. At some point, though, if he's not playing, you have to start to ask yourself – why is he not playing? Does he not know the playbook? Does she, why does Sean Payton not trust him? I mean, it could be as simple as they just think it's it's Kamara's time. Um, but I've never seen this out of Sean Payton. I've never seen him just really go with one back and say, hey, this, this is my guy, and I'm not really using anyone else. But that's the way it's been all season. And then yeah. In 15 years, that's the first time Sean Payton has really just doubled down on one guy. Um, well, what was he going to do? Give the ball to Dwayne Washington? I mean, come on. Who else was going to get carries yesterday? Well, no, I, I hear you, but on some level, I'm a little surprised that 
Murray look this good? Because it's like, I like Dave said, it's like, why would Sean Payton hold out on this guy and not play him, especially when the offense has been so predictable going only through two players? It's not and, surprising because it's the same thing that he did with, with Reggie Bush and Peter Thomas. We have, we've seen this fucking movie before. And by the way, shout out to Brian Pavick for coming up with Ladavius Murray. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, but anyway, this is this is typical. This is uh, this 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 is we've seen this from Peyton. He's 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 been slow to come around to either the running game in general or uh, or certain running backs. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I I mean, well, the thing is though, like C.J. Spiller's knee was falling off. Um, so it's you know it's that that was part of it, um, but but Andrew part of it too was just the Saints offensive line just kicked the shit out of the Bears especially in the second half. Now I know part of it was the Bears offense sucked so bad they didn't have the ball and their defense eventually wore down, but the Saints were whipping them from the get go and I felt early like Dave said they weren't I wish they would have run Latavius Murray more and they were running Latavius Murray on those sweeps which I don't like I just like get him the ball and get him moving forward whenever they try to go around the side with him it doesn't seem to work as well um so anyway what did you what did you think of the offensive line play uh I I thought it was awesome I mean pure and simple you know yeah. Apparently we're having apparently we're having some audio issues in the chat, not on the recording. But go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I thought the offensive line was incredible. I mean, you you, you mentioned Khalil Mack and how much he was struggling in that game to make an impact, especially uh, in the passing game. I thought Bridgewater he only took one sack, but I thought Bridgewater did an excellent job getting the ball out quickly. He wasn't as accurate maybe as some games, uh, but he was taking some shots down the field um, and. I thought he was getting the ball out quickly, and especially the tackle play. Uh, I thought the pass blocking by Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek in particular, uh, both were just awesome. I thought there were a few plays where he was holding on to it a little bit too long. I don't know if I agree totally with that. He only took one sack. No, I know. I understand that, but I feel like there were a lot of plays where he, I don't know. There were a couple scrambles where he was kind of tackled forward and like fell backwards right at the sticks. Um, And and those were both huge pickups. Yeah, I mean, I was – I mean, does Akeem Dix Hicks, whoever he is, does he make that much of a difference? I mean, he must make that much of a difference for the Bears in the interior. I felt the Saints just shoved them around. Uh, Or is this a case of Andrew – McCoy and the two guards maybe finally gelling together and, and hitting their stride. No, I mean, I think even with Hicks out, the Bears are very solid front. They're a good defense. Ali just said that in the, t- in the chat. The Bears have a great defense, and uh, you can't take anything away from the Saints for the way they played offensively. Um, and I just think so much of it, the way Latavius Murray was able to run the ball, I mean, give him a ton of credit. Really, you could just feel early in the game, he was getting five yards, four yards, just the way he was running, the holes he was seeing. He wasn't getting hit in the backfield. You know, you, you could just feel very early on in that game that the Saints are going to be able to be effective. And, um, you know, I think te- the pass protection was good for Teddy, too, and 
I, I think really both sides of the ball. The, the, the lines are why the Saints are so good. They're, it's why they're winning with Teddy Bridgewater. The Saints up front on both sides of the ball are just better than any team in the league. You know, Dave, I know you listen to the Ringer podcast, as do I. And I Robert, do. I was listening to it today on my way home. And Robert Mays made a really great point, and it was just – it made me so happy to listen to it. He, and it almost, like, made him – he was impressed, but he was also angry at the Saints, I feel like, because this, he, he's like, the Saints have built this roster, and they have done so in a non-analytical fashion. Mickey Loomis, they just trade <laughs> up. And he's like, everything they did was super high risk. And it, for, it to, for their roster to be this good – Every move they did had to work out. They traded two ones for Davenport. They traded up for McCoy. They, you know, they signed. They, they, they've moved money around to to create cap space. You know, they've done all these trades, and it's a high wire act. And if if even just one of the things goes wrong, they're fucked because they wouldn't have room to make other maneuvers. And he seemed almost kind of well, mad. Hold on, hold on. If hold on, hold on a second. If one thing goes wrong. Their Hall of Fame quarterback's been out for six weeks. And <laughs> That's still he... winning. I, I I don't know that I subscribe to that. Well, I mean, I guess he was talking about the 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 moves in the off season, like Davenport for two ones, trading up for McCoy. Uh, well, paying Teddy Bridgewater was one of those moves too. So yeah, yeah. So um, it's just delightful that the Saints have managed to do this, and and it makes the 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 stat nerd so mad. Um, yeah, well, I mean, those guys, and anything that happens where that goes against the, you know, the, the mathematical, you know, whatever, the statistical, whatever, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, they, they look at it from, you know, they look at it from an analytical standpoint. And so anything that deviates from that, it just blows their minds and they just can't comprehend it. Uh, and that's just what happens. I mean, there's, there are outliers. Shit happens sometimes, so. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. But it, I just found it. I and just also, found it helps. Like, I, I will let's let's also say that. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, and I have wood flooring, so I'll knock on it. But I mean, like, the Saints have been pretty lucky in the injury department and the health department, and all these people that you just mentioned, Davenport, McCoy, uh, obviously our offensive line. Everybody has been healthy, other than Drew Brees. Um, it's kind of almost they're like just, they're just missing Traquan Smith, Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara, Anzalone's been out all year. Keith Kirkwood's been out all year. Well, they that, haven't been that healthy. Okay, well, well, I mean Kirk, I mean Kirkwood, whatever. Traquan Smith, whatever. Dude, uh, they've been forced to play little Jordan Humphrey, who hasn't caught a pass all year since <laughs> Kirkwood's out. Uh, I, whatever. It's uh, I still feel like they. That's. None of the. I guess maybe it's a testament to how deep the roster is because I feel like the guys that are still playing that are taking these the, those other guys' spots, those injured players' spots, uh, I, they're doing a hell of a job. Except for little Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> Have you, you, you said you, you know what? Some... I haven't seen anything from Granderson since his one fluky sack. Okay, we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna call it. We're gonna put the f word on that shit and we're gonna call that a fluke. Yeah, but you already conceded defeat, so. I think he feels like he doesn't need to do anything else. I did. No, but I mean, seriously, you don't feel like we've, I mean, I, 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 Kamara, I mean, he'll, he'll be back. And I, I just feel yeah, like. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean they, had, they didn't go on the road and win without him. No, they did. Oh, no, absolutely. But I just, I feel like for the most part, they've, 
I feel like they've been fairly lucky in the injury department. I don't know. I feel like I guess that's I guess that's the argument I'm making is I, I don't know that they have been. I mean, I think first of all, anytime you lose your quarterback, yeah. that's a death death sentence for most teams. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, but no, I I think we're kind of disagreeing and agreeing. I, I disagree from, from the standpoint that I do think they've faced adversity. They have been missing some guys, um, but well. I, they have been fortunate. I mean, you know, they just got the suspension of PJ. Uh, they, the Onyemata was suspended the first game. So they've missed some guys. But I just think this roster is so deep and so talented. They can deal with guys missing, and they've been able to deal with the adversity. I do think – I would not say they've been more fortunate than your average NFL team. I just think they're better built to sustain and, and absorb it. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing – it's amazing how, how just – how deep they are. The only place they're not deep is receiver. And Dave, at this point, I don't know what to say about Michael Thomas. He's on pace for 142 catches and 1,800 yards. And Andrew, we joked on our preview podcast, which, by the way, you should subscribe $7 a month. $10 a month, you get a podcast every day. Uh, and Andrew's grades, which are posted it's amazing. You should do it. But we talked about it that the Bears will shut him down and he'll have like six or seven catches for like 60 yards. Uh-uh. He had nine for 130. The Bears had no fucking answer for him, Dave. I don't know what to say more about nobody him. Nobody has point. an answer. He's, nobody has an answer. He's ridiculous. What does he have? Like 700 and something yards uh, in seven, seven games? How many yards does he have total so far? He's like yes, 750. Yeah. yeah. He's on pace for I mean, just under 1,800 and 142 catches, which would <laughs> tie the record. I think Marvin Harris, the record's 143. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's ridiculous. He is Did totally you see, ridiculous. I mean, that throw at the end, which was a nice throw, like, uh, um, his last catch where Teddy escapes the pocket and he kind of goes down the field, drops it in the bucket, and he just makes that over-shoulder catch, and he's double-covered. There's two guys on him, and he makes that. I mean, that was just absurd. Mitchell Trubisky couldn't have made that throw that Teddy made yesterday if you gave him a hundred chances to do it. (laughs) Not with that fucking, not wearing that harness. Uh, I mean, Mike Thomas is definitely uh, making Teddy's job a lot easier and helping him out. And a guy like Sam Darnold could really use a Mike, Mike Thomas right now. I mean, going back to real quick to what you said about Chase Daniel, what does that say about Chase Daniel that Mitch Trubisky, who's incompetent when he's healthy, that the Bears would rather go back to him when he's compromised? <laughs> Chase Daniel, he's a legend and, at the bank. He's made over $40 that, million like, dollars how, in his career. Glad, he started like three games. Are we, and based on that, how glad are we that Bridgewater is – the backup for the Saints right now and not Chase Daniel. I mean, I'm ecstatic. Here's the the thing. Here's the thing. I got into a rage argument about two weeks ago with somebody on Twitter. I had to literally put my phone down and walk away. They were arguing with me 
that Chase Daniel was just as good as Bridgewater and would be doing the exact same thing as Bridgewater. And I was like, I can't even deal with this stupidity. I have to walk away and like <laughs> not uh, not argue with you. I, if you are going to tell me that Chase Daniel, who started like three games his entire career, can do what Bridgewater is doing, I, I, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I, 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 can't, I, I, I can't argue with you. So, but as a good point, I mean – the thing is, Andrew, I think Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be on the Saints roster next year because I just think Breeze is going to come back. I'm convinced that me and Dave have kind of agreed on this, that, that Breeze is coming back next year, and somebody's going to pay Bridgewater. It's not going to be Nick Foles' ridiculous money, but he's going to get three years, $50 million from somebody. Like, you know like Denver or Tampa or Cincinnati or Tennessee, like somebody, somebody will pay him average starter I mean, money. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a couple names at you right now. Teddy Bridgewater right now in the league is the 11th highest rated quarterback in the NFL. Number 11. He's higher than Matt Ryan. He's higher than Tom Brady. He's higher than Lamar Jackson. He's, He's higher than Philip Rivers. He's higher than Carson Wentz. He's higher than Six and OG. He's higher than Jared Goff. I mean, I know quarterback rating isn't like the, the measuring. But I mean, he's completing 68% of his passes. He's got nine touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, you know, I mean, you tell me. Are you saying that's not good enough? No, you know, I'm, I'm thinking. As, as we're talking about this right now, and I'm thinking about this, you know, does this mean, like with Teddy playing the way he's playing, does this mean as far as the offseason is concerned, like do the Saints finally like maybe have some leverage with Drew Brees, against Drew Brees in contract negotiations? I mean, you know, every time Drew Brees has a contract up, I mean, it's always been, I mean, Drew's going to take the Saints to the cleaner. He, they're going to pay him whatever they need to pay him to keep him here. Um, I mean, now that they've got Teddy in their back pocket this offseason, can they go to Drew and say, uh, you know what, uh, you, you know, maybe we need to come down a little bit now. Otherwise, we'll just go with Teddy and we'll move on. And you don't really want to move to another city and play for another team for your last year or your last two of your career, do you? You don't really want to do that. So maybe <laughs> you should just, uh, I mean, like, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, this, that's just occurred to me right now as we're talking. I think. So, based on the way Bridgewater is played, and I, I think this game against the Bears, to me, cemented it. Uh, I think I felt this way before the Bears game, but you know, there were, in the back of my head, there was, okay, this is a good defense. What if he plays like shit in this game and the Saints get killed? Maybe, you know, then the narrative starts to be, oh, well, Bridgewater finally played a good defense on the road or whatever. But now that he's 5-0 and and he just lit up the Bears, um, I, I, I don't think the Saints can have both guys on the roster next year. Like, I, I think that's a foregone conclusion. I think Bridgewater will be starting for someone. And so, absent Breeze retiring. If Breeze says I'm done, then, then we know how this all plays out, and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, the Saints pay Bridgewater in the offseason, and he's the quarterback moving forward, at least for the next couple of years. Uh, but if Breeze doesn't retire – they can't franchise him because that's the way his contract is structured, and he's he's a free agent, and so is Teddy Bridgewater. Now the Saints can't can be tra- traded. 
they they can franchise Bridgewater, and they might, because but you know then then it becomes if, if Bree says I want to play again, then I don't think the Saints really have any leverage because he's a free agent. So he Breeze is going to get paid by someone, and, and that's the and thing. Like Breeze the, detonates the their cap just too. Won the Super Bowl. Breeze yeah. detonates their the cap. Broncos, right? He detonates their cap, and and, and 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 the Broncos just won us. Their last Super Bowl was won by getting Peyton Manning, you know? So, like, the Broncos, they're not going to have any problems cutting Flacco and saying, yeah, 41-year-old Drew Brees will pay whatever you want. You come here and you help us win a Super Bowl, you know? So, I, mean, I don't know what team it's going to be, but I'm just saying there will be a team out there that will say, yes, we will take you. We will pay you whatever. So, I think when you're competing against that, you have no leverage. You either have to pay Brees what he wants within reason or he's going to have opportunities. So, if the Saints, if the Saints, uh, if the Saints decide, or if they know that they want to move forward next year with Breeze, uh, would we be able to trade Bridgewater before the end of the season? I guess uh, you got a week. Deadline? You got a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bridgewater. No, I mean, I. The thing is, they they can't franchise Bridgewater because teams would call their bluff if they tried to do that. They would be like, you know, if Breeze wanted to come back, they they. I mean, they're just they're just gonna have the Saints have a difficult decision, but it's a good thing because Bridge, Bridgewater did exactly what they brought him in to do, which is save their season. If Drew Breeze got hurt, he's done it to the above and beyond our wildest dreams and that's a great thing but it's it's a difficult it's a difficult situation they're in and i just think there's gonna there's there's no way you can you there's no way you can trade bridgewater now like before the deadline no way because what if breeze's thumb is like what if the surgery didn't work or whatever yeah i think you would i think you would know that by now no Mm, i don't know I mean, you got He's got to get out and practice. I mean, don't you, yeah, I mean, don't don't you think there's a very real possibility that like he's healed, but like he just can't do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, oh, I mean, right. Yeah, like, I mean, he, either, once, mentally, once games, either mentally, either like, mentally, or or just or just uh, muscle memory. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, the way I understand it. And I, I'm not a doctor, and I don't know the details. But he, from what I, the way I understand it, he has a splint like inside his thumb, like inside his skin, I think. Like, I think he has some sort of contraption that helps support his hand and his thumb. Is and... it bionic, though? But is it bionic? Because then he might come back and be even fucking better than he was. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't discount that. There, there is that possibility. Is it, is it goat ligament? Is it a goat ligament stint? <laughs> but, no, I mean, I'm serious, though. Like, what if his mobility isn't the same and he just, he can't, I mean, we were already talking about his arm strength. Like, what if this diminishes his accuracy and his throwing power by 5%? And that would be significant for Bree. Here's I can't a, believe we've gone down the rabbit hole again. Here's, here's a horrible question, but here's a horrible question, but I'm going to ask it. How bad would Drew Brees have to play against Arizona for us to go into the bye week and be like, he needs a Let's couple go back more weeks. Let's go back to Teddy. He needs a couple more weeks. Like, how bad would he have to look? And by the well, way, all, Arizona, they give up 28 points a game and 270 yards passing, just so you know. 
exactly. First of all, I want to go on record and saying I'm I'm telling you right now, like you guys said before, the most saintsy thing that's going to happen. Breeze is going to come back, and they're going to lose that game. There is no way that Breeze <laughs> comes back and the Saints win that game. But he has to play awesome too. That that's what would make it so saintsy. That that would that's that's, that's the uh, cherry on top. But it's yeah. telling you it's going to happen. But if he plays like shit, I mean, of course they're going to lose because you know right. if your quarterback plays like shit, you lose. But uh, my thing is, they're going to play Atlanta. Matt Ryan isn't going to be there. They're going to play Matt Schaub. And, like, everyone's saying the Saints are going to win by 500 because Breeze is back and Matt Ryan's out and the Falcons are terrible. And Breeze is going to throw for 500 yards and six touchdowns and they're going to lose. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I'm circling. Matt think- Schaub is going to cook this defense who has stopped everyone. No one's been able to do anything on this, on this defense. Matt Schaub holds the keys, man. It's it's so saintsy, it's unbelievable. I the game that I fear the most, Andrew, is the Thanksgiving game because I feel like Atlanta will be like one and ten at that point, one and eleven, and that'll be all they have to fucking play for on national TV, and that'll be the moment. Like the Saints, the Saints will have won ten in a row, and Atlanta will have lost nine in a row, or whatever, and Atlanta will beat them and end up two and fourteen. Like that's the that's the game I fear the most. Um, but by the way, I want to go back. I want to go back to the game real quick, though, because uh, people in the Saints are, um, in the chat room are talking about this, and it's making me think about it. What was crazy about this game is that the the Bears fans and like how much they were booing their team. They knew that it was a blowout long before the score said it, and long yes. before we knew. Before we knew it, you know, and like their players on the sideline, they were down like one or two scores. It was like a two or a nine point game. It got to and nineteen like to ten. And Bears. It got to nineteen to ten, and Bears Twitter lost their fucking minds. They were like, "It's and, done." And the players on the sideline. Yeah. They looked like they had all just had their soul sucked out of them. <laughs> that's when you. But, was, but that's what that's, that's what horrible quarterback play does thing. to you, you. It's like horrible quarterback play is like football cancer. You know, that's what it is. It just it just ruins everything, and and it's a slow, painful death. Even if you have a good defense, it was amazing. <laughs> so. I lost my I lost, I was going to make a Ryan Pace joke but I lost my train of thought. Um and Latavius Murray just bled the life out of him. <laughs> Death by a, by a thousand Latavius Murray paper cuts. Um oh, I, that's what I was going to do. Dave, tell the people where they can gamble and bet money against Rutgers and win <laughs> win win fucking win. Tell the people how to do it, Dave. <laughs> By the way, that actually reminds me that my buddy Patrick texted me this week, and he took your advice, and he bet on Rutgers and UConn. Uh, so he won on the Rutgers. Not 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 UConn though. No, he lost on the UConn. Uh, but anyway, I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I've got a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more 
ways to win. And between football season, the Major League Baseball playoffs, the World Series, and the start of the NBA and the NHL seasons, it's October. All the sports are going on. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. So use promo code SHARE to activate the offer. I'm sorry. If you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. And to activate that offer, use promo code SHARE. That's promo code SHARE to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Oh, and I, by the way, it's in the link on the podcast, and I did a, I did a, a, a mini pod crossover podcast with the Bird Calls people. Uh, go to the link, register, you get a free T-shirt. Dave is going to print up T-shirts for you guys, uh, and we're going to give my and, – and here's the thing. We're going to set up a table and my wife will personally hand you your T-shirt. But you have to RSVP at the link. So RSVP, put in your name, your shirt size, boom, you're golden. You get a free T-shirt on us if you show up to the live show. Tracy's December 14th. It's going to be freaking amazing. I cannot Just the t- note. Just, just the note my mom says she doesn't want a shirt. She doesn't need a shirt. No, she doesn't need – well, the thing is she can take the shirt and then wrap up your inheritance and hand it back to me. <laughs> I want – Miss Cariello, I want Dave's inheritance. I want it in small – Dollar bills. Dollar yeah. bills. I need, it, I need it in fives and twos because $2 bills are gold at the strip club. So I need that just, just fives and twos. That's what I want. But, does, so, but she gets to be on Drunk Saints history though, right? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, she has to be drunk, though. And here's the thing. And she has to know something about Saints history. Eh, it doesn't matter. I just, I just want, I just we want, I just want, it could be drunk Dave history. She yes, I just want embarrassing stories from Dave's childhood. That's all I want. I picked the wrong week. Quit sniffing blue. But the, the, the fun thing about the podcast now is yes, we're all depressed about um, Zion. And yeah, Zion's going to be out six to eight weeks, but he'll be coming back right around when we have the live podcast. So the Pelican fans will be like, it's going to be amazing. They're playing the Colts that Monday. So it's just going to be, it's just going to be great. We can't, we can't tell you just go there and Appa- sign up. Apparently it's buff. Apparently it's buffering again. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, that you know, voicemail audio clip would be even funnier if the Pels actually didn't draft Zion with the first round pick. They drafted somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just had that clip. Well, it's starting we to feel like maybe they should it. have drafted someone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, I worry about no, Zion because he waddles when he walks. About the, Pel- the thing about Pel- the Pelicans is that I am like the thing I hated so much about old Saints fans where they were negative all the time. Uh, I feel like I'm that with the Pelicans. Like, if for some reason, I have become everything I despise about sports fans when it comes to the Pelicans. I mean, we're you're we're kind of like I feel with the Pelicans. I'm like I'm I'm late stage Hazlitt, where I just I expect it to go wrong. It goes yes. wrong. 
and then I feel bad that it went wrong and I expected it to go wrong and I blame myself for being negative and kind of having it happen. That's where I am with the Pelicans. And I don't want to be that way, but I can't help myself. Um, so Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even feel that. I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's like the opposite of my Saints fandom. I just can't shake it. Like, they're snake bitten, man. And I'm at the point, I'm kind of like the Cleveland Browns. Like, don't overhype this for me. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't tell me to trust the process. Like, I'm not going to get any excited until I see it on the court. <laughs> so, the, the Saints... The, the thing that's made 2019 so enjoyable is that the Saints winning with Teddy Bridgewater just raises it to another level. But, Dave, the Falcons, every <laughs> week, I think they can't go any lower and get any more enjoyable, and they just keep doing it. Just to make it 28-3. to three. Bryant knocks it through. Arthur Blank loving it, up by 25. And yeah, here's I the mean, thing. If, if, the, if the Dolphins weren't just so fucking terrible and, and throwing every game, then the Falcons might be actually the worst team in the league. I mean, the ba- Falcons were, of all the bad teams yesterday, the Falcons were one of the least competitive ones. And here's the thing that was the best, is somebody tweeted out a screenshot of it. It was the implosion of the Hard Rock Hotel. They split screen it. Half of it was the implosion yeah. of the Hard Rock. The other half was the Atlanta Falcons game. That's and they said, look, watching. look, it's two implosions at once. Uh, <laughs> too soon. Too soon now. Hey, it's just – it's all in fun. Uh, but here's, here's the thing, man. They lost Matt Ryan. They're going to play like 100-year-old Matt Schaub. Um, Andrew, I think there's a really good chance that the Saints – can put the sword to Dan Quinn if they can hammer them at home in two weeks or I guess three weeks there's a good chance that the Saints will destroy them on Sunday and they will fire Dan Quinn if the Saints could pull that off where would it rank in your enjoyable Saints moments that the Saints got an Atlanta Falcon coach fucking fired where would it rank because cause Bobby Petrino, he, he left after they played the Saints on the Monday night, but they didn't fire him. He just fled to Arkansas, so that doesn't count. But if the Saints could get Dan Quinn fired, where would it rank? I think, it, it, I, for me, it would be pretty high. Top five. Top, Top five regular season moment? Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the coach that got the Falcons to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, getting him canned, I mean, I, I get that, like, a lot of Saints fans want him to stay uh, based on the way things are going right now, but, man, he, he's probably the best coach they've ever had. Yeah. And, of course, the Falcons would be stupid enough to fire him after the Saints beat them and thus giving us more ammunition and ability to trash talk when they could just like wait like one more week until they play somebody else and then fire them like but they're so stupid that they would do that they would give us that opportunity they would have to i mean for him to get fired after the saints it would have to be it would have to be andrew it'd have to be 45 to 3 
it have to be it ha it has to be total humiliation, right? It can't it just be it, lost. It doesn't it, it doesn't matter. You you just with this rivalry between the Saints and the Falcons, you don't do that. You don't fire your coach after the Saints kick your ass. You just you suck it up and you go another week and then you fire <laughs> after another team. You don't let Saints fans say, "We fucked you so bad, you had to fire your fucking coach." Yeah, not you gonna work here anymore anyway. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mike. Don't the Saints. The Saints need to try to find a way to win this game, twenty-eight to three. <laughs> okay, you fire him if you do that. <laughs> that I mean, if, if, if the Saints won twenty-eight to three and they fired Dan Quinn on third, Monday, they got to start punting. If the, if that happens, and the Saints win twenty-eight to three, and that they fire Dan Quinn, uh, I will do this show. Without a shirt, and I will just hand out T-shirts to everyone in the chat room. It'll be it'll be glorious. Listen, that 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 would be that would be the greatest regular season moment in Saints history. I don't care whatever. It would it would top Gleason in 2006, as far as I'm concerned. And that's that would be hard to do. So, um, hey, before we get to, buddy, you would be real disappointed if you're not offering an order for us. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I, I I would wear one. I could wear one of those placards, like people that that stand on the corner to like advertise like car washes or different stores. I could wear one of those placards, and instead of advertising, somebody could just say twenty eight to three on it. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, let's see um, the because we got a lot of good questions. Um, did anyone, Andrew? Did anyone think someone wearing fifty six would ever be as good as Pat Swilling, or dare I say, even better? Uh, where is Demario Davis in the pantheon of Saints linebackers? That's from Still oh. Living the Nightmare. Well, it's funny uh, that came up because uh, actually Cam Jordan just passed Pat Swilling uh, for third most sacks in yep. team history this past week, which is unbelievable, unbelievable to think about. Like the. I just remember watching Pat Swilling as a kid, and that dude was an automatic sack half the time. And um, for Jordan to officially have more sacks as a Saint than Swilling is an unbelievable accomplishment. And uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that, that's a testament to Jordan and his consistency, and him being with the Saints that long and and uh, getting double digit sacks every year. That's another guy that. I didn't necessarily think would have this kind of career, and he has. He's he's been awesome. So, uh, kudos to him. But yeah, as far as Davis is concerned, I still put him behind Vilma. Uh, I still put him behind the Dome Patrol. So I, he's not there yet. I mean, let's remember that this is only the second half of the second season with the Saints. Um, but we've really seen no bad stretches. Uh, he he is awesome every week. Uh, his level of play is high. Uh, you, we talked about maybe a regression a little bit this year because of his age, and we weren't sure what to expect. I mean, he, he's as good as he was last year, if not better. Um, no you know, like we, we've talked about this, about how he's kind of become the face of the franchise a little bit with Drew out. Um, so, man, I, I don't know that I'm ready to say he was better than Pat Swilling. I mean, Pat Swilling was Defensive Player of the Year at one point. I mean, um, 80, but, from, 80, um, from 86 to 92 – Pat Swilling was fucking amazing. I think he had three yeah. double-digit sack years, defensive player of the year. I mean, and totally. the thing is, too, yeah. Pat Swilling, the Saints traded him off 
kind of at his peak. You know, they traded him off and, and got and, and it would ended up being Willie Rofe was who they got for him. Um, I mean, I, I would say this is definitely the he's the best linebacker they've had since 2009. Since yeah. Zillman 2009, um, but to me, he's he's the best linebacker they've had in a decade. This is a question from Patrick. If you could, if you really could make a Teddy Breeze and you could take one attribute from each, what would it be? Uh, thanks, Patrick, for listening to the uh, Victory Monday podcast with me and Dave, because that's a reference to me merging <laughs> Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater into one person and creating Teddy Brees. Uh but if we did have, if we did, we, we if we could do a Madden, Andrew, and create Teddy Breeze, what what attributes would you take from both to make the perfect quarterback? Uh, I, I mean, I would definitely take Bridgewater's height and scrambling ability over Breeze. I think um, that's would you take probably arm? about who would, whose arm would you take? Oh, that that's tough because Breeze. I mean, am I allowed to take Teddy's arm, but Breeze's base? And Breeze's mechanics? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. could combine that somehow, yeah. No, no, this is like Madden's, though. Like, you can take Breeze's accuracy with Teddy's, like, arm strength. That's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, that would be a hell of a quarterback. You, you that, that would be, like, uh, almost... Aaron Rodgers-esque, but I think Breeze is better mentally than Rodgers uh, and does makes puts the ball at risk less. Um, so, Patrick, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going to have to pull that clip of me creating Teddy Breeze and use it as a... I would, wait, I would also take Teddy's um, post-game locker room dancing ability. I would, I would, play, <laughs> oh, yeah. I would take that over. Good through. call. Good, Good call. call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's important. Um, this is. Uh, I would definitely, I would definitely take Breeze's wife over whatever Teddy is seeing or dating. This is a good question, Andrew. I, mean, I would, I would take, I would take only two of Drew's kids, though. I don't need any more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I'm good with two, also. Oh, and we need Teddy's children. Teddy, Teddy's uh, shirt that it says Teddy Bear. Teddy, or what is it? Teddy, two, it's something two glove bear. He's got like a children's book. Do we know anything about Teddy's private life? Is he married? Does he have kids? I don't think he is. I know he rides he's a bike. He's single. He's single. He rides a bike to and from the home games, apparently. So and, he uh, really is about that bike life. Yeah. He's... If any of you in New Orleans, Shop I know you style. disrespect bikers. If any of you injure Teddy when he's riding home, shame on you. Don't do it. Uh, bigger long-term need, Andrew. This bigger trade need for this season wide receiver cornerback or offensive line depth yeah cornerback is the sneaky need because you got eli apple in a contract year pj williams in a contract year patrick robinson is as good as gone so you know, i think everyone's initial thinking is that's got to be a receiver and i think it's fair to say that you know, this offense needs a receiver, especially with Ted Ginn. I mean, I don't know if Ginn's going to be back next year. So receiver is a need big time. Um, but it's interesting that corner was listed on that because when you look at the guys that are potentially leaving in contract years, what the Saints do there opposite Lattimore is going to be pretty important this offseason. I will say this. It's, 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 it's funny to me 
that when Ted Ginn plays with Drew Brees, he's not normal Ted Ginn. But when Ted Ginn plays with any other quarterback, he reverts back to the full Ted Ginn experience where catches a bomb, drops two easy ones. It doesn't matter if it's Cam Newton, if it's Bridgewater, if it's whoever. But when he plays with Breeze, that doesn't happen. I don't know why that is, but Breeze it was puts the a magical spin on the it ball. Does I don't know, yeah, but it's, 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 the, it's the rotation of the ball, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but we got the full Ted Ginn experience yesterday. Caught a bomb. Breeze throws a catchable ball, baby. Um, this is this is from Evan. If Andrew and or Dave. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Speaking of uh, our uh, little Jordan Humphrey uh, uh, bashing and our Austin Carr bashing. Uh, I want to point out that Dwayne Washington and Zach Zenner uh, both <laughs> both now have receptions this season. Austin Carr and Little Jordan Humphrey still do not. I don't even know who's Zach who. Zach Zenner. I don't even know who the hell that is. They yeah, signed him pass. on Wednesday. Oh my Last God! Week. Jesus. Yeah, they Christ. signed him on Wednesday. We we joked on Wednesday when he was signed. I said, isn't that going to be something if he catches a pass before Austin Carr and Lil' Jordan Humphrey? And then it happened. I believe oh. you said when, not if. But <laughs> yeah, I have to, I have to check I the tape. did say that. <laughs> Evan wants to know, could, you, could any of us name every punt block of the Sean Payton era without Googling it beforehand? The only ones I can remember are Pierre Thomas, Marty, right? Marty's got a couple. Yeah, Thomas. Pierre Thomas, Gleason, Maudie's got a couple, JT yep. Gray, obviously, Martez Wilson. No, Martez Wilson. Ooh, I didn't it was in two thousand it was in two thousand twelve. I don't remember if Martez Wilson blocked it, but he scored a touchdown on it. Um, don't forget Zach Lyon. Zach, Zach Lyon, yeah. Um those are the only ones hey, I remember. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Oh, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill last has year. two. He has two. Yeah. He he Taysom Jason Hill had one against uh, Tampa last year, but then remember the first time he played special teams, he blocked the punt. Didn't they block? They blocked the punt in that San Francisco playoff game too. I want to say, but I yeah. For as bad I, as special teams have been in the in the Sean Payton era, absolutely. Besides Morstead, overall, like I would say, the special teams have been pretty bad in the Sean Payton era. They have blocked a lot of punts. I can't believe the Saints special team. They they managed to be a total disaster yesterday and still block two punts. Like, how is that? Even, if you said they blocked two punts, you'd be like, that's a great day for special teams. But nope, they were dumpster fire. Um, so, uh, let's see. Can we officially declare Sean Payton's fuck you tour is real? And how bad do y'all think the Saints are going to punish the division rivals? I mean, I think... T- Atlanta, look, we've talked about them. They're bad. But, but uh, Dave, I think Carolina's good. Like, I know they haven't played anybody, but their defensive – they went into Tech – they went into Houston and shut the Texans down. Their de- their defensive front is really good. Um, McCaffrey may die because they give him the ball 35 times a week. But when they get Cam Newton back, they're going to be – they're going to be good, right? They're going to be a 9-10 win team, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're pretty good. I don't, I mean, they've been playing well with Kyle Allen. Uh, they're kind of in the same situation as, as us a little bit. Maybe, maybe they don't want to bring Cam Newton back. Uh, but yeah, they're playing, uh, they're playing well. They're definitely the only team in our division that we need to be afraid of. 
We've already beaten Tampa Bay once, and we only play them one more time. The Falcons, that should be uh, two wins right there. So, uh, you know, 12 and 12 and 4, 13 and 3. I mean, is, uh, in play, in play for sure. Andrew, the thing is that worries me is you have San Francisco undefeated and you have Green Bay at 6 and 1 also. Where do the Saints have to get to get a bye? Are they going to have to get to, to to 13 and 3, you think, to get a bye? I don't know if the Packers can sustain this. Um and, and, you know, the 49ers, I mean, they still have the Rams in Seattle. Um, Twice. So, yeah, they, and, and the Cardinals are coming around a little bit. So, I don't know that the 49ers, they're going to have some tough games. So, yeah, 13-3, and three, I think, for sure. I mean, 12-4. and four. If we're just talking about a buy, and I think 13-3 and three is probably what they're going to need to get to for home field. But 12-4 and four probably gets them a buy, I still think. Yeah. They need 14-2 and two, so I don't have to compliment Les East. That's what they need. All right, so let's get to the game today, Dave. Uh, it was off the board, on the board. I found it. Uh, Saints are favored by nine and a half over the surging Arizona Cardinals. I don't like that at all. That is no. a lot of points. Who you got? I would, I would well, if I was if I was betting on mybookie.ag, I'd probably put my money on the Cardinals. If I'm being honest with you. Um, yeah, the uh, Cardinals, what, they've won three in a row now? Yeah, they're fun. They're, I like yeah. to watch. Oh. Kyler Murray's fun. Like, I know. you. You Since the beginning of the season, you've been all about Kyler Murray. Are you coming in for this game? Did you want to come in for this game just so I you did. can see I Kyler can, Murray? I did. I, yeah. I can't come in. But he's just he's he's tiny, and he runs around, and he's fun. I don't know if King Well, Bear- you know what the Saints players think about tiny little guys, don't you? <laughs> we don't yeah. respect them. We don't respect them. Are they, are they going to pat Kyler Murray on the head like they did Tariq Cohen? Oh, my God. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they brought out some lucky charms on the sideline for this game. Look, I, I just want to point out real quick, too, for you Saints fans that hate Teddy Bridgewater. He beat the Giants last week by throwing for 104 yards. He was 14 of 21 for 104 yards in a win. He game-managed the shit out of that game. So – if you hate that style of play, don't do not. I don't want to see hear anyone on Twitter say anything about Kyler Murray being awesome. If you dog Teddy Bridgewater, I don't want to see it. <laughs> True. Anyway, I'm with. Uh, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach, but oh, well, so you go went, ahead. You went, went there. Anyway, uh, Cardinals. You know they've got a lot of momentum. They're doing well. Uh, David Johnson. We don't know whether he's going to play or not. Cliff King. Kling, Cliff Kingsbury is also, he's really upset for your fantasy football team. He's sorry that he can't give you a better answer on David Johnson. Because uh, he, get, he, he gets it. He, was a, he used to own a fantasy football team. And he understands that you're frustrated about David Johnson. But we don't know what's going to happen with David Johnson. Um, Saints are back home. Uh, I, you know, nine points. I don't know about that. But Saints definitely are going to win. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say Saints 27, Cardinals 17. And player of the game is going to be Sheldon Rankins. Ooh, interesting choice. Andrew. Yeah, that is an interesting choice, especially since he's kind of 
come back down to life a little bit after that sack. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to pick against the Saints again. It's five in a row, man. I, I keep, five times in a row I've picked against them, and it's worked every time. So I got to stick with what's working. The, the Cardinals are going to come in in New Orleans and beat the Saints 24 to 23, we'll say. Um, you know, uh, Sean Payton had an interesting comment in the offseason, uh, you know, when they were asked about, uh, when he was asked about African-American coaches and why none of them had gotten jobs. And he was a big fad this offseason uh, to try to find the next Sean McVay. And so a lot of teams went on this run where they were hiring a lot of young coaches. That, the floor. Yeah, that, that were good offensive coordinators, had maybe some offensive success, but uh, didn't really show the experience or uh, the ability to run a football team maybe. And so a lot of guys got jobs that were kind of surprising because everyone wants the next McVay. And Sean Payton really took offense to that. Um, and he, he mentioned this off season that, Hey, um, that it's ridiculous that some of these guys are getting hired. Uh, they're not prepared. They're not qualified. You know, Jim McVay is a needle in a haystack. He is super unique and you, you, you can't go copying the Rams and expect success just because they did it with, with McVeigh. Um, and he was particularly really upset about the lack of opportunities for African-American coaches because he felt like there was a lot of guys that were ready, that have been waiting a long time, that are super qualified, would have been successful if given the chance, and were getting passed up. Um, and so he said, and, but, and he finished that comment with, but it'll be to our benefit and I look forward to coaching against those teams. Um, and so it was kind of a shot across the bow a little bit of just like, hey, they're going to pile Kingsbury's drive. Are you saying he's going to pile yeah. drive Kingsbury? Well, I mean, he definitely, it was definitely shots fired. I look forward to playing guys like former Saints quarterback because, yeah, Kingsbury. yeah. Because I'm going to run circles around you from a coaching standpoint. And so. I, I found those comments very interesting, and he's going to have to put his money where his mouth is um, because that's eh, poster board material a little bit for Kingsbury. I think that'll motivate him going up against I'm, Peyton. I'm going to tell you how this game's going to go. It is going to be. It is going to be Teddy Bridgewater throwing five touchdowns, 350 yards, and just. I gotta barbecue your ass in molasses. Just lighting the Cardinals, burning them to the ground. The Teddy Bridgewater experience is gonna end on the highest of high notes. He's gonna get the Saints to seven and one. We're gonna go into Dubai feeling amazing, and that's how this is gonna go. Maybe. And if that happens, do you second guess going to Drew? Yes, I was just about to say that. If that happens, if that happens, look, I'm going to get shit on again for this because I've said this before. But, I mean, if that fucking happens, it's the same reason, you, you know, if you don't take a pitcher out when he's throwing a no-hitter, right? You, you just keep going. Like, I, I'm not believe this i'm not saying teddy's a better quarterback than drew Brees, but you just you go with the hot hand if he's winning you winning you just keep going with it you know like i said it's just like if a pitcher is going for a no hitter you don't just take him out or, or if or even you don't even you don't even say the word no hitter if you're so super <laughs> if, if you're the person who's super who's so superstitious you don't even believe in saying the 
the word no-hitter when a pitcher is working on a no-hitter, then you should definitely be superstitious about pulling a quarterback who is fucking 6-0 and uh, uh, while he's on a 6-0 and run. Well, yeah. it's funny, though, the Panthers have the same issue. Like, Kyle Allen hasn't lost. That's, except, that's what I was talking about before. But, this, but, this, but this, Cam like, Newton is not like crazy, Bill. This, this doesn't have to do with talent. This doesn't have to do with the talent of any of the four quarterbacks that we're talking about. It just has to do with – honestly, Mojo. it has to do with – yeah, voodoo. Whatever the fuck you want to call it, you just don't fucking do it, and you don't fuck with it. I'm sorry. I don't know, man. There's some – I think if Bridgewater just has another, like, pretty decent game, then I feel fine about going back to Breeze, actually. But if, if what you described, Ralph, happens – Four he really throws for a 350 and five, four or five scores, and I don't know, man. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, they're six and zero with Teddy, and I don't know exactly how Drew looks <laughs> with the stump thing. And the thing is, like, the Panthers right now, it's a little different because Cam Newton could play right now, and they're they're choosing to quote unquote keep him under rehab, um, not because he can't play, but because they don't feel like they have to play him right now because they're getting such good play out of their backup. And so it's a little different in the sense that Breeze, really until this week, maybe, he really couldn't play, right? So we were forced to play Bridgewater. We didn't have that conundrum. Um, yeah. But we're, we're about to get into that zone that Carolina's in now where are we going to have to start telling the media that Breeze is, quote-unquote, not quite ready yet? Yeah. I think I think Bridgewater's gonna play. They just they there's no reason to rush Breeze back. They if they well, were no, like we agree, we agree on that. But if he lights up the Cardinals, now we're talking about the Atlanta game. Yeah. Well, are you are you are you, like... are you go are you making the switch? If there's if if what you happen, if what you say happens happens on Sunday, Ralph, and they're sick, they're seven and one. 6-0 and with Bridgewater off the heels of his best game, lighting up the Cardinals. Are, are you switching to Breeze after the bye? Yes, because you can switch to Breeze, and I think I think I could throw for 250 yards against Atlanta at this point with my one good arm and my one good leg. Like, their defense is atrocious. It's the perfect time to switch back because you know Breeze is going to light them up. This does feel a little... Well, it's not like Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady because you know, Bledsoe never really had the. I don't know, has, has there ever been an example of this? Like a Hall of Fame quarterback that got injured, ne- never really did bad before his injury, but then the backup was playing too good to switch back. Is there ever? Has this ever happened in NFL history? No, the only, the only. I can kind of think of it as the 72 Dolphins. Like, Bob Greasy broke his leg, and they played Earl Morrow, and they kept on winning, and he played all the way through. And then at halftime of the AFC Championship game, they were in Pittsburgh, and they were losing, and Don Shula switched back to Greasy, and they won. And Yeah. I mean, I guess the Giants won a Super Bowl. Jeff Hostetler and Phil, when Phil Sims was injured. But they, they didn't, they didn't have to worry about going back because Phil Sim broke his leg. They didn't have to make the yeah. – they, they yeah, I, mean, I mean, there was Wentz and Foles, but yeah, they went back to – but I'm saying like the Giants and, and the Eagles both went back to the original guy after yeah. the season. So like Sims and, and Wentz both got their jobs back. That's true. I just think they're – like Breeze is getting his job back, 
Uh, but I just think I just think Teddy's going to light Arizona's. They're not a bottom four or five team like I thought they were three weeks ago, but they're still bottom six or seven. And Teddy Bridgewater's going to light them fucking up. They, I, I know, like I know they have Patrick Peterson or whatever, but it doesn't matter. And their the thing is, their secondary, their their receivers are garbage. Besides Larry Fitzgerald, and he's a hundred years old. So I just think the Saints are going to. I think the Saints are going to. Slow. Well, corner cornerback is going to be a thing to watch uh, because you know Eli Apple is probably out. PJ Williams is definitely out. Uh, Patrick Robinson also pulled his hammy in that game, so he might be out. Um, so all of a sudden, you're probably looking at Ken Crawley getting some playing time. Uh, you're probably looking at Gardner Johnson. He's probably going to stay at nickel because he's the guy that can cover the slot. And what I think the Saints are going to do is they're probably going to put Lattimore and, and Crawley on the outside. So, um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. And also too, next week is the trade deadline. And before we get out of here, you want to sign up for the daily podcast. Cause when the saints do whatever Loomis is going to do, and you know, he's going to do some fucking something at the deadline, we are going to be the first podcast. that's going to have reaction. I guarantee of that. So you want to be having access to the daily podcast so do it so this wraps up the show tonight uh kevin was mia guys i'm gonna work on the audio it's gotta be something with uh either osb or the program that i run for the live stream or my computer uh but we'll try to get it straightened out for next week but thanks for everybody for hanging with us in the live stream RSVP at the link for the podcast for Tracy's December 14th. Do it and get your free shirt, free t-shirt from my live. So for Dave, for Andrew. We can't buffer when we're live. Yeah. (laughs) So for Dave, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Uh, Until next week, the bar is closed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. 
And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <laughs> 